This is a Capricorn FM podcast. This evening, we're welcoming Mr. Mwele Zimbeki. He's the one that is speaking to us, of course, is a political economist, a business person, deputy chairperson of the South African Institute of International Relations. We're going to speak to him based on an opinion piece that he has that was there on the uh, City Press this weekend and talks about a number of things, talks about where we are as a country. So different and interesting uh, opinions that he gives there and he joins us on the line. Mr. Mbeki, good evening and welcome. Uh, good evening. Well, thank you very much for making the time and joining us. So I'm looking at the opinion piece there. You start with painting a picture. So you say South Africa has always been for a a, 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 a century has been under nationalists, African nationalists and Africana nationalists. Please, please, please explain that to us so we understand where you're coming from with this. If you look at the history of our country, we have been ruled by parties that were opposing British colonialism and British imperialism. The Africanans uh, oppose British colonialism and British domination. Mm. I'm sure you remember the Great Trek and all that. Yes. The Africans also oppose British colonialism. Many of our ancestors fought many wars against against the British. Mm. So so we've had uh, this opposition to to foreign domination by the British. But instead of the Africana and the Africans teaming up together, yes. they decided each one to oppose without uh, setting up a partnership. Mm. So they they had nas- uh, different parties the National Party on the side of the Africanas and the African National Congress on the side of, of the Africans. Mm. So that's why we were. But these parties have been ruling South Africa since 1924. Mm. The National Party first became the government in 1924. And the ANC, of course, has been the government since ni- uh, 1994, as you know. So you also indicate the interest that they have but somewhere also where they differ so you say they do not fight to change the socio-economic structure of the colonial system they fight to be included in it and these are the 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 nationalists that we're talking about are these the uh, african nationalists or both the africana and african yeah both of them mm. they, they they fight to be included they you see, what, what colonialism did was it discriminated against the colonized people. Mm. So the representatives of the colonized people, which were these nationalist parties, mm-hmm. or we, some, we call them liberation movements, it's the same thing, mm-hmm. fought to be included in the colonial system because they were essentially middle-class organizations westernized organizations, Christian organizations, and so they wanted to be included. So they were fighting against discrimination, not against changing the the structure of the system, the structure of the economy. Neither the Africanas wanted to change the system, nor the Africans wanted to change. They wanted to be incorporated into, into the British colonial system. Because you also say... 
Uh, when you look at the Africana nationalists, this is a coalition of landowners, traders, intellectuals, and religious leaders. Almost the same with the other group, but the other one has uh, uh, labor as well uh, and religious leaders. I see they do not have, uh, I don't see an inclusion of, of intellectuals. I wonder if that is a, a, a point you're making there in terms of the difference. But you also make the point that the Africanas were landowners and wanted to grow the economy in as far as it benefits their property because they were property owners as well. Yes, you see, this is the difference, one of the major differences, obviously, mm-hmm. between the Africana nationalists and the African nationalists. Mm-hmm. The Africana nationalists own the land which they had conquered from, uh, from the African people mm-hmm. and the cattle which they conquered from the African people and then uh, and they made the african people workers for them the african uh, uh, leaders the african mm. nationalists did not own the land mm. that is the difference between uh, a huge difference between the two yeah yeah and 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 but but then again as you make this point now and it comes to where we are when you say the african nationalists are developing things in as far for consumption and that is as far as they go that the economy cannot go beyond that unless there have been changes because they are limited to 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 consumption yes you see if if you don't have uh, any productive assets if you don't own land if you don't own uh, a shop if you don't own a bank if, if you don't own a factory when you get money, what do you do? You go out shopping and you, and you buy expensive luxuries. Yes. Uh, you buy mansions and you buy expensive German salons. But if you if you own land, when you get money, you use that money to develop your farm so mm. that your farm becomes more profitable. That is what has happened in South Africa. Is that the new rulers of South Africa, which is the African Nationalist, the African National Congress. They don't own any land, so they use their money to live extravagantly Mm. and pay themselves huge salaries out of state money instead of building the economy. What the Africana Nationalists did is, of course, they still exploited the people but they use that money to build their farms, to make their farms more profitable. But for your farm to be profitable, you need a road to go to your farm. Mm. You need silos to store your grain. You need railways to transport your maize to the city. So they, they built an infrastructure. What has happened with the, with the African nationalists who took over in 1994, mm. they have allowed this infrastructure to collapse because they have no farms uh, and, and they have no businesses. So they're just living off the tax revenue with their huge salaries that they pay themselves. Yeah. And, and you say even the education policies are poor in developing entrepreneurs and they're poor in many areas. That it's, it's an inf- the, the, the policies, the education policies are inferior in many ways. Yes, I mean, we had a report published last week about uh, grade four students in South Africa. Only that, 
only only about 20% of them mm. can read for meaning, mm. which shows that in, in China, two, only 2% cannot read for meaning. In South Africa, 81% cannot read for meaning. Mm. So it's because there is no investment in education because the new rulers, they're not interested in education of the people because they don't, they're not interested in having educated workers because they don't own factories. <laughs> so that is one of our big, big problems here. Mm-hmm. But then you come with a possible solution. You make a suggestion at the end. So in your suggestion, you say there's a lot of things that must be renegotiated, redesigned, and obviously there's uh, issues around energy and, 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 and so on, issues around the, the, the economy and so on. But you say it must be re-envisioned in a way that you have the owners of capital also being involved because you say from 1994, the owners of capital were sidelined, but they're important because they will develop economy for their own interest, but everyone will benefit. You talk about uh, industrialization, that the uh, lower class will also benefit hugely from that. Yes, of course. You see, I mean, when you, when you set up a business, uh, you have to employ people to make the business work. Mm. So in that respect, the people benefit. When when you guys set up Capricorn FM, uh, you have people you employ, you have drivers, you have tea ladies, Mm. you have journalists, you have and so on. Mm. So you create welfare for a large number of people. Mm. But, But the guys who run the government in South Africa, they don't employ anyone because they just eat themselves. They, they don't create businesses. And, and then they have this thing called black economic empowerment where they are eating off existing businesses but are adding no value to those existing businesses. Mm, mm, mm. And, and, and so this issue of working with the owners of capital, it's something that is scorned, looked at, and, and you know, there's a phrase white monopoly capital and so on. Uh, how do you see that in the continuation of development of South Africa, being incorporated and this government being able to go in that direction? Yes, but you know, the capitalists in South Africa are not only white people. Mm. One of the biggest company that has developed since since 1994 is, is, is now probably the largest company in Africa is MTN, the Mm. cellular phone company. Yes. MTN is a black-owned company. So when I'm talking about capitalists, I'm not talking about white only. Yes. We we have huge companies in in South Africa that are owned by black capitalists. Mm. The the taxi industry, for example, is a good example of a black-owned multi-billion rand company. Mm. Okay, it yes. should be better organized and all those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but, 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 so, so when I say the, when I'm talking about the owners of, of capital, capital, yes, I mean people like the taxi owners. I mean people like the owners of of, of MTN uh, and and so on, as well as of course the the your the owners of Anglo American. Mm. Uh, and and old mutual and all that. But by the way, the thing that gets forgotten is that 
many of the shareholders of these big so-called white companies are actually black workers who own the shares through their pension funds in these companies. And interestingly, you say that BEE should be phased out or BE demands on foreign investors should be phased out. What are you thinking there? Yes, you see, see, BEE is a cost to a company. We want more investment in South Africa from from South Africans, but also from foreigners. But BEE is a cost to an investor. Mm. So we have to get rid uh, of of BEE in general. But as a starting point, we we have to get rid of BEE requirements on foreign investors so that if I bring money from China or from Nigeria to invest in South Africa, I own my whole asset 100% and I don't have to give 25% of it uh, to to some ANC-connected politician. And you say uh, that, of course, certain departments in government should be restructured. Their cost services, their cost to public service should be halved as well. And it should be reconfigured to serve the people instead of living off the people. Yes, the public service in South Africa. You know, the civil service in South Africa is the most expensive in the world in comparison to the gross domestic product of South Africa. The cost of of salaries of the public service in South Africa is about 14% of GDP. Similar countries is only 6% of GDP. So you can see that the public service is living off the taxpayer. uh, And, you know, Tito Mboweni a couple of years ago pointed out that there were more than 30,000 public servants who were earning more than a million rands each Mm. a a year. Mm. Now, that is a lot of money to be paying uh, pen pushers, essentially, because this is the top of the administration. This money is not going to the teacher or the policeman or the nurse. Mm. It's going to the top administration of the public service. That's why I'm saying the cost of the public service has to be halved instead of uh, the huge amount that it is costing the country today. So, so I learned you were journalists some years back. Uh, some what is that? Yes. Forty years ago. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you were asked, and there was a conversation uh, by Snoddy, as I remember it now, is saying uh, uh, Robert Mugabe, former president of Zimbabwe, said uh, Basnodi was more a revolutionary than leaders of the ANC and wondered where the country would be in the future. It's a question you did not attempt answering then. It's a question are you, you, you are answering now looking at the where the country is, the journey traversed by the country. Yes, you see, you know, Bayasnodia was a revolutionary. If you remember, he, he set up something called the Christian Institute. Mm. Uh, he was arrested by by PW board uh, by Foster by the apartheid regime. Although he was an Africana himself and a member of the Dutch Reformed Church, they even kicked him out of the Dutch Reformed Church because he was demanding equality for all the people of of, of South Africa. 
and he wanted the, the, the whites to pay more tax than, than the black people so that we correct the, the inequalities. That's why in the interview I had with him, that's why the Zimbabweans were so taken aback because they had not heard this from the ANC and the PAC. Mm. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mbeki, for taking the time and engaging us. I really appreciate your time. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.